Today's chat is brought to you by the support of all our Twitch subscribers. Through the patronage you provide the Focus Fire chat team through the Twitch platform, we are able to provide you with the weekly podcast as well as the website and other aspects of Focus Fire chat. If you have any interest in becoming a subscriber of the FFC and gaining access to some exclusive features over in the Discord server, please be sure to visit our Twitch account and click on the subscribe button. If you're an Amazon Prime member, remember that you do have a free subscription to Twitch every month that can be used for this. And for those of you who are already subscribers, thank you again for your generosity. You may have heard the whispers of guardians gathering in the shadows, exploring the mysteries of this world and the worlds which surround us. We are all in search of truth. Sometimes we need to focus that search. Focus that fire! And so we come together! Welcome to Focused Fire Chat! Well, welcome to Focused Fire Chat, recorded live on April 24th, 2020, over on twitch.tv slash Focused Fire Chat. As always, I want to give a big shout out to our live chat here with us tonight. Thank you so much for joining us once again. This week's episodes are going to be focused around exploring the various trials of Guardians. This particular episode will serve as what we have come to call the intro session of the week's exploration. Before we go any further, however, let's run through a quick introduction of who we have with us on the show. As always, this is your host, Blue Crew 86 And this is, I'm taking it for the team, guys. I'm going to be the next Hunter Vanguard so you guys can turn in your silly medals and stop oh, being she's, scared she's trading... about participating. She's trading in her Dialogian <sighs> title. and Yep. Trading in the Dialogian that I hope these episodes release in order because otherwise that's going to make absolutely it's, no it's sense. Actually, actually, I realized as soon as I said that, I was like, that's not going to make any sense to anybody. Because Thanks, Blue. I Well, I thought it was funny. Um, it inside will be funny joke. And then, inside and joke. Look, week or so. yeah, look for it in a week after you hear this episode. But joining us in the hot seat tonight is a good friend of the show and a friend of mine, Lux Regalia. Yeah, I took over Blue's announcing duties because he's getting himself killed in Halo at the moment. Hello, podcast people who can't see this. So, Lux. Hello. Oh, buddy, old friend of mine. You've been on the show before. Yes, I have, and I'm glad to be here again. Yeah, welcome back. So, we're going to talk about trials of the guardians tonight now we're calling it trials of the guardians because we're going to dive over a whole bunch of other things but if for the folks at home remind them where they can find you on all the different places they could find you that you would want them to find you i guess uh, you can find me at twitter at luxregalia and at twitch at twitch.tv forward slash luxregalia and if you are a fan of watching any sort of crucible play on twitch lux does a really good job of not only playing himself and taking people through trials and everything, but also teaching. I actually learned a ton of crucible strategy and pacing and knowing your gameplay and understanding your gameplay from this guy. So really go hang out, go give him a follow, go give him a a shout out over there. So we have kind of a rundown of questions. I can't remember if we did the rundown of questions for you. with like your favorite lore and the history I think, we, I think we did i think we did the favorite lore because that was that mm-hmm. was kind of a staple before you got the uh what is the average wing beat up per minute of a swallow questions going mm-hmm. which is all i can think of every time you start with your what is your favorite story lore story i was like 
It's okay. But uh, Lux, you want to re- remind us what your favorite lore story is? Or if it's <clears> changed? My lore story happens to be the lore around Luna's Howl and Not Forgotten. Specifically the Luna's Howl because of Luna the dog? or Yes, because of Luna the dog. I have a mm-hmm. dog at home, and uh, she means the world to me, so I kind of really uh, empathize with uh, Joseph. Yeah. That, that one is definitely a, kind of a sadder one of the sadder stories, but still, Luna was a good girl. Yes, she was. But the, dis- um, the hive deserve everything that's coming to him. Oh yeah, oh the yeah, for dog. sure. All moon I want to know is, I I just want to see the uh, Russian cosmonaut outfit that she was wearing on the moon. I do too. I think Jake drew it. I th- like uh, Watermelon X. So I think he did a a version of her. Oh, did he? Oh, well, that would make sense. Yeah, Indian dogs. That would make uh, sense. He he does the because he was doing the uh, rescue. Yes, he was. He was back, doing yeah. ASPCA. So we're gonna kind of skip past that a little bit, Lux, and I want to kind of get your your input on how you feel trials is because you've gone to the lighthouse a couple different times. You've taken people there. I want to get your input on what you think as far as state of the game and trials and the changes that we got in the TWAB this week, which today, for those listening in the future, this is April 24th. So we had the TWAB drop yesterday with all the new updates that they're planning on doing for the anti-cheat, as well as some changes made to trials itself. So what's your hot take on all of that, Lux? I feel like most of it's a good change. Um, I'm, I'm kind of a... I wouldn't say just a little upset, but a little confused why they tried to reinvent the wheel when they brought trials back in the first place. Yeah. When it came down to like how the tokens worked, the fact that uh, people playing couldn't get any rewards unless you got three wins, stuff like that. But the introduction of bounties, the bounty where it gives you the uh, the three win reward as long as you just participate is actually really good. Keeps the population populated. Keeps some of the games from getting too sweaty too fast and hopefully will mitigate some of the uh, gatekeeping that's been happening. Where people have been resetting their cards just to get tokens and then try mm-hmm. to farm rebels show up. Yeah, that is going to be nice. That has been actually the reason I've stopped playing Trials. Like, I never played Trials back in D1 at all. And I really wanted to give it a shot here in D2 now that I feel like I can actually compete at a level where I could do fairly well at it. And it just felt like there was such gatekeeping going on. And I'm glad that they're. They're changing the token system in so much of how many tokens you get at what level. Like there's, I think if I remember correctly, they said you're going to get token drops at three, five, and seven. Mm-hmm. And it would get progressively better if I remember right. Right. And which it also think, gets some masterwork materials too. Which is yeah, great. Well, and then they said something, wasn't that the, is this the one that where they also were talking about the mods that, that were going to kind of try to emulate the, um, uh, what was it? The adept weapons back from back that, that's still in the air as far as i understand right yeah um, they, they were but they were kind of like i think it was like one of their brainstorming comments i don't think that's a good idea you don't be oh, interesting gosh. it's just too exclusive um mm-hmm. not many people are going to get it and if they make them too good then it's gonna uh, what's the word i'm looking for like make it worse the carries and the yeah. cheating that is happening because if it turns out those adept mod slots are really good in pve then people are going to want them I, I right. just, like that, that's fair. Yeah. When it comes to going flawless and that stuff, people like me want something that's exclusive, but not 
to in the sense where like it's overpowered or anything, just something that makes it a little special. Like mm-hmm. having Solaire on those weapons would make it, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I can say that Summoner has killed me more times than not for the people who got that auto rifle. That's a really good weapon. It is very good. It, it is. can actually run with really good perks, but um, I would still say hard light is still a little bit of a, a problem for me at least. <laughs> for everyone. For everyone, yeah. It's, yeah, it's a it's definitely around for a while. I was looking at a few articles this afternoon about how hard light is being used by the majority of um, people in Crucible, which I find a, it speeds up the gameplay in some ways in a different way than Shoddy's ever did. But I feel like it also auto rifles to me are not in a terrible place, save for hard light being shot around a corner. That kind of sucks on more than one levels because the amount of spam. Yeah, it's. I think it's the matter. It's the amount of spam because, like, I wouldn't mind it. I think we kind of talked about this. Well, we talked about this in the future episode that's coming out next week. But Mm -hmm. you know, like the whole thing is, if it wasn't just one weapon, I think I would be a little bit more able to stomach it. Like if it was like just like auto rifles or like bows, you know, just like an archetype was being you know overpowered but because it's that just like that one weapon like for me personally it's just not even i mean i don't even enjoy like casually going into crucible anymore because the it's just i i constantly get teamed up with because i solo queue and i constantly get teamed up with a six stack of hard lights and as soon as i mean as soon as that comes out it's like yep i'm just not gonna even i mean that's just not even a reason to keep playing the game at that point you know it's which is frustrating. Which is frustrating. I mean, I, that's not a dig at anybody. That's just me. Right. Like that's just frustrating. It, it is frustrating. You do have to play a totally different style when you're up against a team of hard lights, and it really depends on the map. Mm-hmm. But other auto rifles like Suros and Monte Carlo are also very good, but they're not getting nearly the amount of play time because I feel like the laser show has just kind of taken over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's easy to use. This is a combination of like the. Uh... The range you can use it at, it doesn't have any range fall off. And the mm-hmm. fact that the ricochet rounds do double damage is also, like you said, really uh, aggressive. It de- it's pretty devastating. I We did use it the other day when we were getting hard lighted by a, a team of six. We all put on hard lights and met them the next match and demolished them. So you can't, the problem is, is that you don't necessarily want to have to put on a weapon to counter another weapon's and just show them that you're the better player that way, even though it is a ton of fun to do. Because I, right now, I can play hard light at a bow range and feel pretty comfortable. That sh- I don't think that should be the case. Should an auto rifle have that kind of range? Nope, should not. Definitely shouldn't. But, okay. Well, what about any of the other changes that they were bringing forward with the... I know we're on console, so the PC changes don't necessarily affect us nearly as much when it comes to cheaters but any comments or thoughts on some of the things they're planning on implementing across the, only the thing, board the only thing i'm worried about is how the uh <clears throat> they're when it comes to the cheaters if you match with a fire team that's cheating and you go with them to flawless or win a game with them either in comp or regular crucible mm-hmm. you're going to get punished too mm-hmm. and that's a good idea but it just comes down to the like comes down to like one of the niche cases where someone wants to be malicious and joins a streamer or a popular streamer and uses an aimbot every once in a while and they get caught, then there's going to be a problem of they Mm -hmm. have to get banned too. You you can't pick your favorites. That's the only thing I can see them running into. 
But if they keep the cheating down where, like, the uh, the playtime and the paywall, you might not be able to see that as much. But mm-hmm. that's the only concern I can see right now. I do know a friend of the show who LFG'd back in D1, who actually got banned back in D1 because when she LFG'd, the other person was also was not also was cheating back in D1 and she ended up having her account banned too because she was in the same fire team with them. Mm-hmm. So it it's not necessarily a um a perfect fix, but I hope that people are cautious and careful when they're going into things and problem well, is did. with some of the Oh sorry, go for it. Go for it, sorry. I was just gonna say there's certain types of cheats that are harder to catch than others. Right. Um seeing somebody who doesn't ever miss, it's obvious that they're using an aimbot. Seeing somebody who things like the wall hack that is going on right now where you can actually take down the walls, that's probably a bit harder to catch. It gives them an advantage, but it doesn't necessarily auto kills them for them. Mm-hmm. So well, no, I think they didn't. They also call out that that was one of the reasons they were going to be doing. <clears throat> it's not just like an automatic decision. They do review them at like fairly often. I I mean, to me, that would be obvious that you would want mm-hmm. to not not. I mean, like auto decisioning on anything is a very touchy subject. Believe me, I understand sure. that. That's part of my job. Like it's 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 a nightmare to do, but especially something like this it i don't know to me it seems like you there, you would almost want to install like uh and i'm sure they i'm sure they have a system of like you know there's ticks or strikes against people because mm-hmm. i mean I, I agree with lux on that is like you know as as a person who solo queues quite a bit i think that it would be really annoying if because you, you I mean, at the end of the day, I don't know what everyone else on my team is doing. I, I, it's not my job to know what they're doing. You know, it's and as a as a person who's doing Crucible, I don't think that's fair to put that on to put the onus on the the player in that regard. I get mm-hmm. the idea, but it can it's a slippery slope. Mm-hmm. Lux, you were going to say something. Sorry, yeah, sorry, Lux, I interrupted you. I definitely lost my train of thought. But going back to what you said, um, one of the uh, someone had brought that up on Twitter, and if I'm not mistaken, DMG had replied just to leave the match, and mm-hmm. it does kind of suck because if you're solo queuing in the comp, which a lot of people do, and you see somebody cheating, you know, after backing out once or twice, you're starting to get uh, bans from the playlist because you're backing out. But and- mm-hmm. would it would it count in a solo queue list though? That's the question. Like it would count in obviously the normal comp playlist but i don't think it should count in the solo queue because that doesn't even make sense you're not actually tied to that other person well and that's do they have so this is me not playing the comp list do they have a different playlist for people who solo queue yes or yes they they do do. okay okay Mm -hmm. that's that's me that's me not being familiar with that so no i guess that would be that would be an easy way to distinguish though is just to uh Pick your friends and uh, make your decision to have those friends carefully. That's really what they're saying for right now. Which it's I, a hard thing you know, to I swallow. I will I will I will kind of take that one because as a person who predominantly plays solo, it's not that it's it's not that easy. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that's if that's what we're gonna. Uh, I, if that's what we're gonna double down on. I think that's gonna ostracize a lot more people in the community than it's gonna help. 
I I, th- I think will be my tactful way of saying that because I, I, I don't think, think I don't think that'll have the desired result. Somebody in chat in live chat was talking about how it's weird how the the content creators are looking forward to or no when creators can't wait for the next gen console to get away from the cheats. Um, there's a exodus that's possibly going to happen with people moving from PC back to a console because of the the limitations that the console provides in the for opportunities for cheating like you still really only get network manipulation on console which they addressed as well on uh the twab this week but mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see if there is an exodus back because of that i know that there are quite a few people who are talking about it but they don't like the frames per second they've gotten so used to the larger field of view and the smoother frame rate yeah the larger field of view, I definitely can sympathize with. But it'll be interesting. Well, I don't want to talk about Guardian games because, you know, that's that? kind of a salty thing. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is this is where my, my ignoring of social media comes in handy. <laughs> it does. Um, I, got on, I got on right before because uh, Potato messaged me. He's like, hey, everything all right? I'm like, yes. <laughs> I'm like, what's going on? I am so confused why different people are. I got on. I was like, oh, that's the Simpson emote right there. Walk in the door, turn around, walk back out. Nope, 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 yeah. nope, nope, nope. It's. I think it's good in theory. I think there are some things that are going, unfortunately, pretty awry as far as my some communication things that should have been changed. As yeah, well and my as... biggest problem is is there's no transparency on the calculations that are being made. So right. it's all it's all about oh let's but just they tr- they try keep to. faith. They try to, which I think is good. I'm glad they tried to communicate with us that hey, don't worry, hunters aren't going to auto win because we're going to calculate things differently for depending on the population, which I am fine with. I am absolutely fine with this, guys. Like don't don't come at me because of that. I think that's great, but I would like more information about it because at this point, there's so little... It's so um, disparate. Yeah, it's like the first day, hunters were way, way, way ahead. I didn't like that because it doesn't seem like it's a good competition. It just seems like a blowout. And now Titans are quite a ways ahead, though Warlocks are gaining. Warlocks are getting closer. At this point, I just want it to be a close match. I don't care who's up top. I just want it to be an actual competition rather than a blowout because the last couple of days have been super sweaty online. Oh yeah. I think the other thing is is that people are yeah. So anyways, about the lore. <laughs> yeah, let's let's do that. You do the thing. Do uh, you have any housekeeping thing. notes? Uh no well, I mean, other than the obvious like so we uh because of the whole COVID shelter in place, you know, stress blah 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 and all that fun nonsense um we actually the silver lining of the whole situation is that we have gotten an opportunity to actually preload a couple episodes ahead of schedule so you'll you probably have picked up on that uh we've mentioned it a couple times that we've recorded an episode that will be releasing the week after this episode releases uh, and then we are going to be doing another live stream on Sunday. So we will actually have a situation where we will be 
basically three weeks ahead of uh, from the stream, which is really actually very beneficial to both Green and I because schedules are a little finicky, I think would be the, the easy way of That's saying it nice right now. That's a nice way to put it. Um, mm-hmm. I th- it's, it's the nice F word. Um, and so that is going to allow us a little bit more breathing room, uh, not just to edit and make sure everything's good on, you know, the audio quality and stuff like that, but also to, you know, just get a little bit more flexibility for scheduling. Cause I know some of, uh, like for instance, the, the individual that we're going to be recording with on Sunday, uh, is over in Europe and, you know, the time difference has always been kind of rough for those particular things. So hopefully we can keep that keep that buffer going for a bit uh because then that means that we can kind of flex out when we when we actually record the episodes um the plan is obviously that we are going to still keep it on the fridays at 10 p.m central for the majority the vast majority of them um if that changes always you know we always update the twitter accounts uh and if you're not in the discord we do the discord as well we keep that updated pretty that's actually probably where you'll probably get the most up-to-date information um so yeah and other than that the only thing i can think of other than that that i am in the middle of is a vast rehaul of the site I am in the process of designing uh, what we've kind of started coming to call the Destiny Dialogue Anthology. Uh, So what I'm doing is I'm trying to go through and collect transcripts of audio file or transcripts of audio bits that are not in anything. So like idle dialogue, patrol dialogue, all that stuff. Um, And I'm trying to form a kind of a... A collection of those quotes in a way that is usable to people. Uh, I think Blue we have a pretty good. Yeah, you're making it. a you're making a brainy quote for Destiny. That's what yes. you're doing. That's my end goal, and it's a lot more annoying than I thought it was going to be. So I would like you, to call yeah. it Destiny Sea of Screams. <laughs> it kind of is. He is starting with Toland. I like that actually. <laughs> That's great. Uh, but yeah, so it, I'll, I'll probably, I mean, if you're into discord, uh, and you want to, you know, help with that, I'm always looking for feedback on what would make it more useful. You know, uh, I've been posting a lot of, uh, work in progress pictures of the website as I kind of go through the various pages and formats and stuff like that. So that's really the only other big housekeeping thing that I have. Okay. So trials of Osiris. The first Trials of Osiris. When did that actually come out? Do we remember? Was it House of Wolves or before it that? Was, it was I House of it Wolves. Was House, yeah, it was House of Wolves. Because that was one of the yep. big things that kind of arguably saved House of Wolves from a content thing. Because House yep, of Wolves yep. content-wise wasn't, wasn't a huge deployment. Yep. Uh, Story-wise, Lux. it was a great deployment. but. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> So House of Wolves deploys, we get the content drop of Trials of Osiris. Do we remember, do you guys remember how they introduced it? Was it just a, we're just starting this thing and you jump in or how did it start? Yeah, it was a jump in. It was told on <laughs> Friday that there's going to be Trials of Osiris mm-hmm. um, and that it was level enabled. So I just remember uh, gearing up and trying my best to uh, get to light level. Because back mm-hmm. then, you had to infuse a etheric light into your armor and your weapons to bring it up to light level. Mm-hmm. And Skolas was one of the only ways to get it, <laughs> apart from the Nightfall. 
<laughs> and I remember that nightfall vividly because it was the Tanix the Scar strike. Oh on no! And Skolas with Solar Burn. And if you had a Yellowhorn, it was real easy to do that encounter. Yeah, mm-hmm. Skolas. It was one of the that... very few times that you could use that word at that encounter. <laughs> Tanix, though. Gosh, with Arcburn? Gross. Yeah, no, yeah, Arcburn, you just didn't go near the prison. Cool. There was a lot of laps run through that prison. So with the introduction of this, that very first week, you had to partner up with two other people. It was only three people allowed in. You had to have three people in order to enter the playlist. And those three people um, worked together to compete against another team doing the exact same thing, trying their best to get, was it seven wins in a row? It was it nine still, wins. It was nine wins back in the day? Is it still nine wins or is it only seven wins now? It's seven wins now. Back okay. when the trials originally came out, there were boons you could buy using passage coins. Mm-hmm. Those boons were one mercy, one where it was if uh, if you win your first two games, your third win was free. And then there was the, uh, you start off with a win. Okay. So it went from, from nine to seven if you had all the boons plus a and mercy. There wasn't exactly tokens like we're dealing with now. Tokens are... There were there were tokens back then, but they didn't get you gear like they do now. That back then, didn't they only really contribute they gave you towards... the ability to buy bounties and actually get mm-hmm. the boons and buy the token for trials? Okay, and then you got the actual gear from completing bounties, correct? Yes, and winning. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I pulled up the original trials card. I'm going to go ahead and read this because I think it's kind of interesting with some of the newer information and the newer lore that we've gotten with it. So this is D1 Trials of Osiris. If you think you're ready, then you're ready. Brother Vance, disciple of Osiris. The cult of Osiris wants something. Whatever it is, it might be attained through violence. The trials are a competition built to identify guardians who never lose. The warlock Osiris vanished into exile years ago. Unlike solitary Toland, Osiris left a network of acolytes and admirers who carry on his work. The cult invites only select guardians to their tournament, and only in teams of three. The cult wants effortless teamwork, inexorable... Oh my gosh, that word. Inexorable? I can't... Blue. I wish you could see this word. I'm terrible with that one. Anyway. (laughs) Momentum. Like, unstoppable momentum. I'm changing the word. I'm changing the lore. And something else. Consistency, perhaps, or luck, or fate. Any fire team that loses three matches is ejected from the tournament. Fire teams that win again and again earn spectacular rewards. So, kind of interesting, knowing some of the stuff we got with the new lore with that, and how that's changed. But for the most part, it's fairly fairly similar. It never claims to be ran by Osiris, that Osiris sanctioned it that this is a thing that Osiris wants. It's just saying, hey, his followers are doing this thing and they want something. They're going to give you stuff for it. You can go play. But no. back then, I mean... Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yes. Maybe. That gear, though? As long as it's not Halloween event and everything is in blackout. <laughs> and the spider. That- you know what, though? That was the best Trials I ever played. Back. I did try to play t- Trials once in D1. And what I did, I remember this very vividly. It was um, the map on the moon that's the hive map. That the, the really close. Mm-hmm, cauldron. I, over, I think it's Seapoint, 
would there's a ledge you can jump up to and during blackout trials of osiris no one came from the outside lane because they didn't want to be sniped because there was almost always snipers over there so i just hid above everybody and we played hide and seek with the teams that we went up against in there it was great no radar anyway All that's my kind of yes that too but with the lore back in the day with uh, brother vance brother vance had a more i would say auspicious personality compared to how we think of him now mm-hmm. um, i would i would emphasize how we think of him because I don't really Please. think his personality has changed all that much. I think oh, our no, perception the... of him has. Well, sure. And Bungie's done that on purpose, which I think is really interesting mm. they've gone that route with him. The thing I wanted to ask uh, both you and Lux about with that, with specifically the original cult, or not cult of Osiris, but the original Trials, is that it's sanctioned through the outpost, right? Yes. The outpost is where it was hosted. With Mara being involved with it, do you think that Brother Vance was sharing information with the Awoken Queen about all the trials yes. experiments? Um, are we just going based well, off? I think he stuff, was willing or? to, but the new lore kind of suggests that that wasn't necessarily Mara wasn't really interested. Mm-hmm. I think I think he would have. Because, well, and I think he did in a way, because Mara even kind of gave him, like, the little stop. <laughs> like, she was just, she's like, just stop. Like, don't do not do that. That's a bad idea. And he ignored her. And then, because that was right before Osiris uh, reprimanded him about it. But mm-hmm. that's also when he got the message that he was supposed to give Osiris from Mara. So, I mean, we know that he did share some stuff I don't know. To me, to me, it kind of seemed like it was he was not shy with sharing that information mm-hmm. until with after. Until after he also with, until wanted after. things from Mara too. He did want things from Mara, and and it was also after the conversation with Mara that he decommissioned his red jack, his the the re- retrofitted red jack. He decommissioned mm-hmm. her. I think it was check uh, checka check. I can't remember the designation, but he decommissioned it and it called and he called out that the reason he decommissioned the red Jack frame was because he wanted to make sure that he was the only one who knew what was going on so that he was, he wasn't able to be replaced. He was locking himself in to secure his position. Uh, so whatever was actually told, talked about between him and Mara, you know, he pro I, I got the feeling that he was kind of nervous that it was going to get back up to, uh, Fiora who was technically his superior. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's how I read it. I, there's nothing that kind of points that, but... From what I read of that card, or that book, um, I thought he demissioned that, decommissioned that Red Jack because, for lack of a better term, he thought she was soft because of what happened to have that little argument between him and the frame when the Guardian tried to destroy the other Right, girl. yeah. Uh, yeah, um... There was there was that because he was he was more uh, he was more concerned with the uh, what was it the tones that were playing while that guardian was getting dissected. Well, as soon as the light is released from any guardian during the trials, the tones happen. Right, but this was a different tone because right. of the way it was. It was it wasn't an RTL tone, but it was, it was a a different tone from the normal 
kill. Darker, it is I think. Deeper. Mm-hmm. I think that was the one that I messaged you about because it was like, um, I know it sent you down a tangent. You were oh. like, ah, and it's like, because mm-hmm. uh, it was it was uh, the key changed or something, and you're like, that's not how that works. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I mean, the terminology used. You got to remember these people are not necessarily studied musicians or studied uh, uh, theorists when it comes to music or anything like that. So there is a little bit of uh, forgiveness. D it's sharp just minor. Like, that's what it was. Yeah. So D sharp minor, the fact that if I remember correctly, it talked about a shifting of it, of the tone shifting. That's an interval, not a scale. And I think they refer to it as a scale, but that's just, that's just like nitty gritty shit. It's like what um, Ziona gets angry about all the time with the astronomy and the science on that end. That's mm-hmm. just me being super nitpicky on the music end. But um, that being said, I'm going to read Disciples of Osiris from D1, and this definitely gives a little bit of a hint of some of the things that we got in Trials and Tribulations, and the fact that Sister Fiora knew a little bit more about how everything was going than I think it is really explained in the trials and tribulations. So this is disciples of Osiris encrypted Champollion algorithm version four key VANC. My brother, despite all of Shaq's work with the crucible, we must accept that the tower may never be ready to accept the trials, but as many guardians flock to the reef, we are suddenly presented with not one opportunity, but two. go to the reef. Tell guardians your story. Give passage to any guardian that requests it. If the tower learns of this, do not fear. If they know of the trials, the tower will not suspect you, will not suspect your other motive for dwelling so close to the margins between light and dark. Your sister, Feora. So this is, in my opinion, a lot of foreshadowing to kind of the things we're getting a little bit more in trials and tribulations with sister Fiora and brother Vance's experiments essentially. And they're, they're being on the edges of light and dark and whatnot. And the fact that Fiora actually sanctioned it a bit more than I think I realized I had forgotten about this card. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think? Is it as nefarious as it, as it thinks? I don't know if it would be nefarious. I think it's manipulative, but then again, I don't think Feora has ever balked at kind of screwing over the the vanguard when it comes to that type of stuff. Like she, there's there's no love lost with Feora on that part, and the, we found that out <clears throat> with uh, Trials and Tribulations. Well, she doesn't exactly treat Vance very kindly in Trials and Tribulations. Yeah, I mean, I have my own theories as to that too. I mean, Vance isn't the exactly the most humble individual either. No, he does. I mean, like he 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 comes in, he comes in, and immediately it's like pretty quickly. And and to be fair, at first she does seem to treat him with a deference of or of at least some degree of respect because of his um I think it's the his unique ability to to like understand what's being said by Osiris in the various texts. Like he has a unique way of uh, interpreting and Fe- and uh, he's, I, I think if I remember right, he calls out that Feora does recognize that. Mm. So 
Dancing Viru brought up a really good quote from D1. This is from Taken King. It's flavor text for a quest up for generating 25 orbs using Nova Bomb. Mm. And it says, when you wield the void, you wield a key. With the vo- When the <laughs> void touches life, it unlocks the light within. Something terrible results. Brother Vance. I'm sorry. <laughs> is the sword a key? I mean... <laughs> Depending on it could be Kingdom Hearts. It could be a keyblade. Uh, Here's your crossover I was to just, uh, I was just thinking caboose. But oh God. Yeah, that works too. It's a key. It does open things. It it probably. opens your death. <laughs> but that if we fast forward from the trials of back in D1, there's the information there and the trials and tribulations that we get that we're gonna dive into a bit more later. The the idea of a key unlocking something, or the idea of the light, specifically the void being able to unlock something, is that an apt description, or is it more of something else is just reacting to it? It's not necessarily unlocking something and letting something loose, or letting something free, but more so reacting with something else. Would you guys, with the towers and the spires that they're talking about, because you have the... Uh, Oh, the lighthouse in particular mm-hmm. that is brought up quite a bit during trials and tribulation, not necessarily the lighthouse from D one, but a lighthouse. Right. And well, the and we do get confirmation. Yeah. We get confirmation. There are multiple lighthouses as well. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which so why we built one in D two. Well, here's, I don't think that's nearly as weird as you think, because if the deaths of guardians in D one for trials of Osiris, are based off of like they're vibrating and resonating with these lighthouses and possibly quote unquote charging it or tuning fork or however you want to think of it. If that is a aid to the possible vex, the idea of us creating our own tower now or our own lighthouse in D2 would mean that Osiris wouldn't have a, the connection to the vex in quite the same way, maybe able to control it a little bit better. I don't know. I think that the original lighthouses definitely have a lot more going on in them rather than just the, it has a golden chest that you can hover over. Yeah, there was a lot of secret rooms. You Well, there was one secret room you could get into and there was a uh, Vex gate right underneath it. There was, also the room, the there was also the room with the Exo and Vex. That was this, I think that was the same room, right? Was it? I think so, actually. Now that I, I'm thinking about that. I did not know that. There was a little living quarters there with the bed, books. There was some, like a skeleton and uh, some Vex parts. There was a Vex gate there. There was a room full of glimmer, a room mm-hmm. that had a bunch of fuel in it, and what looks like a uh, one of those tower ships that floats in every once in a while. Okay. I do remember seeing the images of the glimmer being behind that uh, the Vex wall, like the mm-hmm. gate, essentially. Oh my gosh. The, the lighthouse... If the lighthouse was initially a tuning rod or a a focal point on the planet Mercury, would it be akin to the past and future lighthouse port towers that we see in the Pyramidian? Are they the more real-life version of it? This is just a spin foil throwing out. Feel free to disprove or postulate, as you will. Well, I wouldn't know unless we had a little more information about it, to be honest. Hmm. The only thing I'm thinking of is 
it was used as a tuning fork for anything. It would be going like relaying back to uh, the Infinite Forest because it would it would make sense that uh, if they had the Vex had the knowledge of uh, the frequency of a light, how they were able to uh, hone in on Saints and eventually cut it off. Wasn't Saint inside of the Infinite Net Forest whenever they were doing all of that though too, or was he not? I'm just I'm trying to remember back into some of that one. I'm pretty sure he was, but even when we were in the Vault of Glass, they didn't really know what we were doing with our light. That's true. So, you have Brother Vance and the Cult of Osiris conducting these experiments on Guardians, needing Guardians that are pretty ruthless. And then all of a sudden, Trials goes away. Trials disappears. It For game reasons, obviously. It's not like a, a lore reason. There was I don't think there was ever a lore reason given, or do you know if there was one? Lux. Mm-mm. No? Nope. Okay. So Trials disappears as far as in-game stuff while Bungie decides to work on it for a while. It was gone for over a year. I can't remember exactly how long. And then we got Trials of the Nine. Totally sim- similar concept, but different-ish outcomes. Did you ever go to Trials of the Nine Spire? Or I guess Depths? Lux, whenever yes, that was going on? Uh, in the, when you went into the spot, well, when you went to the uh, the public space, there was the Emissary of the Nine. Mm-hmm. And then, depending on how many wins you got, whether it would be three, five, or seven, you went up the up these little platforms up the spire. At seven wins, you were able to see the top of the spire, but if you tried to go inside, you would die. And if you went floss, you were able to go inside where you would land in this an area similar to the place we go to see the visions with uh, in Season of the Drifter. Mm-hmm. Except when you turned around, there was a giant horse constellation that was moving. And um, if you looked around, you could see that there was a dead ghost laying in the water. Oh, really? I didn't know about that one. Dang. I knew about the celestial horse because people had talked about that quite a bit, but I didn't realize there was a dead ghost in there. Mm-hmm. So Trials of the Nine... Did it function differently than Trials originally? I think it wasn't it a four-man event, not a three-man event? Yeah, it was 4v4, and it switched weekly from Survival to Countdown. Okay. The gameplay was a lot slower, and it had those, uh, it would show off your emails and your light off for both teams every single match. I think that the successor to that is more of like your traditional, I guess Countdown is not even in comp anymore. They took that completely out. Mm-hmm. Comp. I'm kind of glad because Countdown was kind of a pain in the butt to play. But if you had a system down, you were fine. I was not that good at it. But the try the nine though, if the Cult of Osiris was using it as an experiment to figure out what's going on with Guardians and their interactions or accidental interactions with the Spire, how were the nine using it? Would you think that they're using it the same way, experimenting on Guardians to see what they're capable of, learning more? I think so, because usually when you went on a killing spree or you won the game, the emissary would say something along the lines of, you understand death or you know true strength or you don't fear death, stuff and stuff like that, quotes like that. Okay. Blue, do you have any... I, the The Trials of the Nine always kind of confuse me as far as I why the it. Nine would even... <clears throat> because they're trying to understand... Uh finalities like right that was part of their experiment i don't i think yeah this is just this is totally just me kind of using my head to kind of rectify the two but i honestly don't think 
other than the name, they were really that related. I think the nine were using the same functionality to test a different hypothesis. Now, we'll see if that's accurate, obviously, but to me, we had we had a lot of lore entries about the nine trying to figure out death because they couldn't figure it out. And they were trying to continuously communicate with us. So I think it's like the reckoning. Like, you know, they, they are using that to kind of communicate through whatever means necessary or whatever means available with the guardians. I, that's, how, that's how I took it. I, I mean, I don't know if that's accurate or not. Okay. I just, I always found that one just to be a little bit weirder as far as the, why, why are they doing this? How, how did they organize this? Yeah, it wasn't Dino, exactly through the drifter. Right. Dino has that quote in there too. He says, Zero was first contact. The trials were judgment. Reckoning is a lesson for you, for us. So it's it's a combination of you know trial the trials of the nine was a judge or a judgment on their part if we were worthy of of the time investment and so then hmm. when that then got transferred into reckoning that was when they were teaching us or trying to communicate with us fully. It does make me giggle us. a little bit because we have not heard from the nine since then. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, they got fed up with us. Yeah, you are not worthy. They're waiting to see which banner rises the highest. Osiris oh, thinks yeah. I'm worthy, but I'm just glad I didn't get yelled at for that comment. Yeah, you're fine. I'm just I'm going past the. <laughs> he's going back to Guardian. I, I know, I know. That's the thing. That was the joke. Yeah. <laughs> Lux is like Lux is like. Oh God. <laughs> oh no! I didn't oh, no. that on. I'm sorry. Oh my gosh! So. Dino, I know we're talking about that with Trials and Tribulations when we bring that one up, but I do want to move on to modern Trials with the host of Saint-14, and does Osiris, like, Osiris helped build the new lighthouse. So Osiris obviously is sanctioning this. Well, he's sanctioning it in so much as this Trials of the Saint-14 now. God, I love that card. That was so funny. Or that wasn't Trial- a card. Was that, that wasn't a card. That was the web lore, right? That was a That's web a- lore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll just call it Charles the same 14. Uh, you know how guardians are with the names. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yes. What do, you, what do we think about Saint running trials now? And is it being used in the same manner? I don't think it's being used in the same manner, but I don't know if it's for the same purpose. I would also say it's a lot safer because... That that's what I mean, though. (laughs) That's what I mean is like because Saint. I mean, because well, and that goes back to the situation we were kind of talking about with the the rogue light bearer. You know, Mm -hmm. when when it was Vance doing it, he allowed it to happen. When it was Saint fourteen, Saint fourteen got involved. Like he Mm -hmm. he came on the field and put that put the the uh, transgressor in in her place. Like right. it, it was, it was not a, it was not a. Oh, let's see how this, you know, come or plays out. Saint got directly involved very quickly. Whereas with Vance, that that wasn't. Vance actually, I think uh, Lux made the comment about that. Vance actually got uh, reprimanded the the Red Jack because they wanted or it wanted to. Was it that it didn't want to give it the win, or they didn't give it the win? Good, but Vance, Vance basically didn't care. Yeah, because uh, at the at the moment, um, 
I think what's happening was the uh, the guardian was holding the other guardian's ghost at gunpoint and was ready to pull the yeah. trigger. Yeah, it was a violation of was it C twenty three something crucible sanctioned C twenty three or something like that. I was like, oh, that's cool. Got a little little tidbit into the rules and regs, which also makes yeah, me think the, of the iron iron decree. Yep, and the hunter rest herself to protect herself, and he said, "Give him a win." <clears throat> oh, that's and right, because the hunter on. the hunter rezzed and uh, instinctively cat uh, through golden gun. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, she did so, not want to die. These are all from the weapons cards for the new new trials weapons, correct? Uh, some of it is. I honestly, I'll, I'll be, I'll be a hundred percent honest. I don't, I don't remember. I know the rogue yeah. guardian is from the weapons cards. I do know that. The yeah, so the the guardian that pissed off Saint is from the weapons. I'm pretty sure the yes. um. The warlock. Hang on. I think the one the, we're talking about is from Trials and Tribulations. The other one, yeah, Saint Gun, from, from the, the weapons. We, yeah, yeah. Okay. Thank you. Yes. <clears throat> but the scholar, my point thank is, you. yeah, my point is, is that there were two instances of basically the same, basically the same scenario, and you see how each of the, I guess, MCs would handle it. Saint definitely, it definitely is a safer, as much as it can be a safer. It's definitely safer mm-hmm. under Saints' eyes. It's interesting what she calls out. It is from the the scholar, which I believe is is it a fusion rifle or is it a scout? That's a scout rifle. Okay, so Saint fourteen calls out enough. Uh, Sola, who is the tran- transgressor, takes took mm-hmm. a step back. A transmet deployed deployment fired behind her. She turned perplexed at the massive armored figure. Now stood before her. I don't know what strange light you are weaving, Warlock, but this is too far. I didn't realize trials had gone soft. Mm-hmm. No, your victory stands. This is not the crucible. There is no punishment, but I will not allow needless torture of a guardian. Isn't guardian on guardian violence the point? Strength through death? You are no guardian. Yeah. I hope you know what company you keep. After he had turned to uh, Krimik. Krimki? Krimik? I don't know. Uh, Krimik 5? Yeah. Strange names. Mm-hmm. It's interesting how, yeah, that, that character in particular, Sola, who was very much so apparently an original Trials fighter with the way that she speaks, saying that Trials had gone soft, who, like, if the original Trials are true and Guardians actually died, died during it, and this one is the softer version where Guardians survive it, it's... Definitely telling for those who are putting other guardians down for good. I would say it's more in that case. I would, definitely would be more of a the intent, but from original trials, I would think it's more of heat of the moment kind of thing mm. for most guardians, with some outliers here and there. Dino's saying that the first final death was in, in the Red War, though. If that's the case, then why then no, was a, it just the experiment? That was huh? the accurate. That's an accurate statement. The first, the first return to light was in the Red War. Was when the light was extinguished, because the right. guardian, the guardian died right as like I think I think something about like they got caught in a pulse grenade or like it was something weird, but it happened just at the right time so that it wasn't he wasn't able to be resurrected, and that's when the D minor 
note was played, which Vance got all happy, happy about. Um, that okay. So that's when they first. That was the. That's the only. I, I think I. I would go on. I would almost go on record and say I think that's the only true death in Trials that we have. The two scenarios with Sola with Saint, and then I can't remember the unnamed the unnamed Titan with Vance. They um they called the match off basically before either of them went too far. The unnamed mm-hmm. Titan. The unnamed Titan got golden gunned by the hunter because the ghost he held the gun to the he basically was playing russian roulette with the ghost Mm -hmm. and the ghost panicked resurrected his hunter or resurrected the hunter the hunter came was resurrected and immediately fired off a golden gun and killed the titan and so that wasn't neither side were rtl'd but it was the situation where he was threatening the ghost and then with sola she was experimenting she was basically torture killing um I can't remember who it was the was it the hunt was it a hunter that she was torturing but anyway, anyways she was she didn't she didn't actually RTL them so the they're technically in lore I think there is only one true death in trials but that goes back to Saints whole thing of like death is one thing that's not you know needless torture is a completely different thing right it's that towing out the line of light and dark at that point right so I'm just I'm kind of skimming through back through Trials and Tribulation trying to find the the true death. So because the timing of Trials and Tribulation happens way before the Red War. So there was if that's the case, if the death actually occurred, it technically wasn't through Trials itself. It was before Trials was established because that's what caught their attention. The ringing of the tone. So the ringing of the tone was started when they were first on Mercury, and the Cabal attacked. The one of the detachments of Cabal attacked, and one of the, the Warlock sisters who had been with the original disciples, they fell in the battle protecting the civilians. And Brand, uh, Vance recognized a change in the tone. Uh, he basically heard the tone, and mm-hmm. he mentioned it to Feora, who then kind of got the warlocks to engage in some thanatonotic rituals to confirm it and then once they confirmed it um that's when the trials started so it was actually the first time he the first time that anyone heard a tone was actually not in trials at all it was uh the warlocks were they were actually defending the civilians from um a cabal detachment on mercury right and their death without being a final death already correct signal yeah. the tone yeah so like anytime which which actually begged a question i wrote down because i was like so does that mean that lighthouse is pinging off anytime a guardian dies within the period? vicinity like well yeah like i mean is it within a vicinity because like trials you know when when they're doing trials they're kind of all because the maps the maps were and this is again me kind of speaking a little bit out of my comfort zone because i didn't really play trials the maps were static for the event, but it was just for that weekend. Like the next, the following weekend, it would be a different map, right? Yes. Like they they rotated maps. Yeah, it rotated maps, but it didn't rotate between matches. It rotated between um, weekends. It was weekly. weekends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that that begs the question to me. My my question when I was reading that was like, does that mean the lighthouse picks up the deaths of all guardians? Which I mean, isn't I don't really want to say yes or no, but it, it wouldn't surprise me if that was the case. 
though, if that is the case, then why did it take that long for Vance to recognize it? Also, why would he need its own, his own tournament to? Right, and I and I think that I and and which kind of goes, which is why I kind of go back and forth on it because there is um, a call out within uh, Trials and Tribulations about how they have special setup with um, a connection to the lighthouse with the map. Mm-hmm. So there, there is there is a sense that they have to prep the maps. Uh, which goes back to, okay, maybe it is a vicinity thing. Um, but yeah, interesting. I kind of, I kind of bounce I... back and forth on that one personally. Hmm. Can I take a little bone to pick with the D sharp minor thing real quick? Yeah, go for it. You know, you, I, I mentioned it to you because I was like, I didn't know. I actually didn't know if it was meant to be something. I didn't know if there was something significant about that key, like in a, um, a symbolic manner. So, okay, so there's a few things that are funky with this whole D-sharp minor thing. One, no one hardly ever calls that key D-sharp minor. Most people are like E-flat minor, D-sharp minor, whatever. But the other thing on top of that, when you designate something as minor, you are not designating a single note. It's not a single tone. You're designating a series of notes. or possibly if they're meaning it in this way, an interval of two notes, because you can have um, designation of uh, distance between the notes. You have major, minor, um, you can have augmented or diminished. The minor designation is either a reference to a series of notes or two tones that are played at the same time or um, back to back. But the idea of D sharp minor being the only thing played that doesn't make any sense because D sharp is just what it is. So in my theory, the tone that he hears is actually a series of notes that are overlaid over the top of each other. Minor is often used to designate sadness or um, disparateness mm-hmm. in music. That's, yeah, so that's what I was trying to figure out. Was I was like, I think that might be what they were going for. Yeah, I think that's what they were. And D sharp is such a weird note because it's not something you see all the time. So maybe they're trying to do like this odd mm-hmm. sadness thing. I th- I think so. Or like a, it could also be a minor second, which are two notes directly next to each other, which would sound very clashy. Mm-hmm. So, which I was what? Yeah, because <clears throat> I think that was called out that the difference was it was normally harmonious. If I I think, mm-hmm. and so when Shiny. it was an RT when it was an RTL, the the disharmony would have been interesting i'm actually more in i'm more curious what you guys think this whole super secret thing that they figured out was i am too because when i hear what green just said it makes me wonder what's clashing with the the sound of our light it's getting pinged off the towers if there's something else there Mm -hmm. so that is a very very good point because when you have something that resonates it means it vibrates. That's how resonation works. You can resonate a really fun trick if you have a tile shower is if you are a pretty decent singer, you don't need to be an awesome singer. You can basically take um, what's called a siren and slide up and pitch. And at one point during the, I know, blue, my goodness, really, you stop <laughs> to ch- type that in chat. If you were... In a tile shower, you could be fully dressed because Blue is going to be a child about this. Um, and you do a siren where you're just 
and you're going all the way up and there is going to be one point in that siren where guys are terrible where um the resonant actually vibrates the tiles at the correct frequency and it will sound louder it's very significantly louder you don't actually have to put any more effort in but the tiles will basically sing back to you that's what i imagine what's going on with the t- with these lighthouses is that the frequency of the types of deaths that are happening are resonating with the tower in such a way that it signals it to be a lot louder than any other time. Yeah, see, and I, I agree with Trigger. Um, he says it might be it might be like a silent song that a guardian's death interrupts. You only hear the mistake. Going back to I the idea of that, yeah. uh, going back to the idea of the music of the spheres. Hmm. So. <clears throat> but then but and my only my only counter argument to that is that in the music of the spheres would the guardians be a harmonious factor or a disharmonious aspect because we're kind of an abomination. Okay. Pause that question cuz that's a lot longer answer. That's what we're going to ask. <laughs> I was going to go in the exact opposite direction when you said something about interrupting. What if we're interrupting the death song because we're coming back to life? Oh. So it's not actually the death So you're interrupting itself, the aria, a... the resurrection. Mm-hmm. But my my so my counterpoint to that then is then why is when we do have a final death it's so jarring. I wouldn't necessarily say well you know like that I mean I I like it. I like that train of thought because that definitely stands with the vast majority of it. But then you have the issue of the time of when you have an RT uh, guardian who has a true death. And it actually is like called out as something very significant. Well, what if it's like, um, so when a guardian dies and that song is being played, it's harmonious because the light may be playing a similar song back to bring you back to life or a similar mm-hmm, frequency. Mm-hmm. And when you suffer that final death, the light it goes missteps. all the way through. Like it eats the dark, like the darkness eats the light or whatever the death finally. Okay. I can see that. It could be the sound of the light dying. There could be that one. Man, that's intense. I like that's, that. that's a, that's visually very intense. Like if you think about that from a visual perspective, the idea of the the death and the light pulsing out. Because if you think about how Kay died and what we saw with that, or when the mm-hmm. traveler was <clears throat> initially like bottled up back in Red War, it's that was pretty disparate as far as the sounds that were going on at that point and the the crash or the the. I want to go back and play that mission now with Cade, the last call well, mission. Cause... Because yeah, it's it, you hear something. It's a tone, but I don't know if it's the same kind of pulsing tone as being described here. Well, and I know with like visually at least the the pulse is more for when Sundance is destroyed, right? Than but that's, when Kate is. But isn't that where the lights come from? Like the the go after a guardian dies, the ghost brings up that like especially in game that little light that it starts to resonate to bring us back. Mm-hmm. When but it's the it's and just it doesn't have anywhere to get caught by the ghost. It just goes out. Sure, it's the release of the the battery. Essentially, <clears throat> you you blew up the battery, mm-hmm. and the light is going back out and spreading or, back out. The other thing is going off what Lux is going with. The other thing that could be is that the ghost is interrupting the discordant and making it a harmonious sound. So when a guardian has a true death, the ghost isn't able to interrupt the the tone. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a couple. There's a couple ways you could spin that. Actually, that would make. But I think. I think ultimately, it is because 
it's part of a larger symphony or a large, you know, whether you want to call it the, the, the aria of death, the song of life. We've had so many references at this point to, mm-hmm. um, that, I mean, not to mention the, the overarching large music of the spheres, you know, theme that has been in destiny since the inception of it. Um, right. I think that, Which- no, go for it, go for it. Oh, I'm just I'm just ready to dive back into that because music of the spheres is a fascinating subject. But <laughs> you're telling me, <laughs> um, I think you I think you fell into the the, the rat. I, I remember you messaged uh, me and I was like, "Welcome, <laughs> you can go anywhere in here." Right. You're not going but, back anytime soon. The music of the spheres is the i this it's an idea that's not necessarily new it's a very 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 no. old idea it's an ancient philosophical concept about how the movements of the celestial bodies are proportionate and that Universal. there is a harmonious aspect and you have to remember that during this time when these concepts were being really really fleshed out that the music and science and mathematics were all intertwined which if you really, really look at music, it is still very mathematical and it's was, still yeah. very, the interesting, very scientific so, too. So the interesting thing real quick on talking about your your connection there is that mm-hmm. so I've, I was doing the uh, Destiny 1 Tower public announcements to kind of do mm-hmm. the testing for the stuff. There is a large amount of references to the Traveler, uh, the the Traveler being in a valent, valiance. Uh, and the change in valiance for the traveler, um, mm-hmm. and this is that is actually a component of a equation written by Ptolemy in the second century to explain uh, the music the to explain the universal movement of planetary bodies because at that point in time they were starting to notice what was called retrograde motion, uh, which is the the drag basically. And they're mm-hmm. like, wait, this isn't this isn't matching what we've all, you know, kind of taken on faith from Aristotle. And so Ptolemy actually went out and made an equation that explained how the uh, the retrograde movement was not a counter it was not a counterproductive argument to be made against the <clears throat> the universal movement. And mm-hmm. that is the reference that is being used to explain the motions of the traveler back in D1. It was That's a really, interesting. really interesting little dive that I got to go down. So the music of the spheres is the idea that everything around you is resonate, resonating. And specifically large celestial bodies, they have their own song. And there's been plenty of composers over the years who have done different play on to this idea um i think a really really popular one is the uh holst song the planets but there are plenty of different songs out there including the music of the spheres created specifically for destiny and each song and each um each song generally has its own key which means that each planet has its own series of tones that it likes to play around with that it resonates well with based off of its components and its um, biological setup within the planet and composition itself, which makes me wonder that within trials and tribulations, these deaths 
if they're resonating specifically with the VEX technology of the lighthouses on Mercury, they're resonating in a way that <laughs> is being. <laughs> hmm? or no, you, no, I'm, 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 I just had an idea, but no, continue. Sorry. It's just the guardians don't necessarily resonate at the same frequency as planets. So the VEX created something that allows them to gather those frequencies, which is also very weird. In my opinion, they're gathering intel on us all the time. What if they're gathering intel on the Traveler and we all kind of chew back the its light, its frequency, or its song? Mm-hmm. We're feeding them information. Mm-hmm. Well, the other thing is, is when you resonate with something, that means you're in harmony with them, right? Oh, yeah. That's... So if, you're res- if, if Guardians are resonating with Vex technology... Mm-hmm. Wait, who had that theory that um, the light might have created the Vex? Uh, it's been around. I think it's something that I've seen a few other people in Reddit talk about as well, that the Vex could theoretically be on the side of the light, even though they mm-hmm. function have a different functionality versus mm-hmm. the side of the dark, like the hive. Because oh, even the, the um, Elixni are not darkness mm-hmm. necessarily. Isn't the only reason the Vex uh, even do hive practices is because of Aquaria? The Black Garden. Yeah, pretty much. That could be a byproduct, right? Well, and and that's a byproduct because they had to, they were trying to understand the geometry of our realm when they they were brought into it. Well, yeah, Aquaria ascertained that through the Books of Sorrow with Proto, right? Like the whole thing, and that was Proto with Oryx. Mm -hmm. And the Acumen. Which is its own very disturbing theory. Mm-hmm. Because how did Coria get access to the Ecumen? Anyways, yes. Interesting. So if the Vex are just trying to... The Vex may not be able to necessarily attain the same status or the same level of usage of light, but maybe they're trying to use it. Yeah, understand how it works. Well, or either that, or they're just if if light is truly like an anima level energy source, it's maybe just they're trying to understand just the same way the nine are trying to understand it. Mm-hmm. They're just trying to understand how energy works in this realm. So here's my next question, and this is tiptoeing towards Sunday's recording a little bit. The opening card of Trials and Tribulations talks about the planting of the seeds within Mercury is in Philly. It was supposed to be a garden world. The chapter one instigate from Trials and Tribulations talks about the seeding of Mercury, and it initially talks about it through the eyes of the what we assume is somewhat the traveler, based off of not only the specific uh, formatting that the words take with the weird i don't know what to call them the vertical pipes. lines yeah they're pipes. are they pipes mm-hmm. i did not yep. know they had a name <laughs> yep pipe delineated feel- that's that's what we do all the time with uh apis huh. i feel like i'm reading mario now um <laughs> that's yep okay <laughs> continue <laughs> It's just, it's uh, an alternative it's an alternative to tab delineated or uh, comma delineated. So usually you'll get like pipe delineated information feeds. Gotcha. So in that you kind of get the idea that it's the traveler speaking, but it's in complete description of the vex being bro- born in that area. Did you guys catch on to that at all, or mm-hmm. have you guys looked through that at all? Yep. 
the other fun thing is to take out the words that are within oh, the pipes. I, it doesn't quite, <laughs> it doesn't there's, work completely. There's one it, spot it doesn't work. Yeah, there's there's one spot that it, it's a little difficult, but it's uh, it was a fun little. I was like, I wonder what happened, and then I think it was was it the first one that it doesn't work, or was it the second one that it doesn't work? I can't. I can't there was one of them. It works actually pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other one, yeah, the other one, there's, it's a little bit of an awkward snag at one part, but I thought, I thought that was interesting because I was like, cause that's what you, that's how we, um, within like databases and delineations, that's what you use that for is to, to, to denote, um, basically that's going to be in a separate column. So if right. you eliminate the piped things, then you get actually, I, I was doing it originally just to see if there was a different message. Um, it didn't really change much, but so to be a... fair, in constellations, when the speaker is hearing the traveler, it's with double pipes. Yes, versus that means or. encoding or? double double pipes is the symbol for or. Like double ampersands is usually and, like a hard and. So like if mm-hmm. you're filtering something, you'll either see double ampersands or uh, double pipes. So that's an and mm-hmm. or statement within a filter. This is definitely I not think, an and or no, thing. Correct. With the I think that was. I think I took that as they were using that to differentiate, delineate two voices. Yeah. 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 So, but the the question is is why why do we have a whose perspective are we seeing with the opening of instigate and why is there a secondary voice? Does trials have both the light and dark being so closer, I, I don't necessarily want to say closer to equal, but so so thinly like veiled between the two, like there's no differentiation from there. Is that literally what we're seeing is a sharing of both light and dark being reported through here or through the eyes of the Vex themselves? Like are the Vex describing this to us on Mercury? And if so, why... Do the Vex care? Like, who is who is trying to talk to us? Like, why do they care why? to say something? <laughs> I love that. It's an excellent. It's an excellent question. Like, I don't don't get me wrong. It is an amazingly a- accurate question. But <laughs> I just love the why. It drives me crazy. It's that- almost as bad as a subway on a planet that has nowhere to go. Io. <laughs> Is it the winnower and the gardener? Yeah. In the opening of Trials and Tribulations, you think it's the winnower and gardener? Oh, like, you mean like, do you think that's the... The speaker at that point, or the voice of that card? Um, I mean, it's it's definitely a possibility. I, I would say that every time we have seen references to them, they have not followed that particular format. Whereas we have seen similar formatting with other characters. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just in con in like contextual history there, I'd be more inclined to say it's something along those lines than something completely unrelated, if that makes sense. But I'm not going to say it can't be. I, I mean, that's, that's the fun part. Hmm. I don't know. That's that's one of the things that bugs me most about that book. Also, trying to record that card audibly is a pain in the tukas. Oh, I can imagine. 
what if it was i was i'm just trying to put together in my head if for any reason this is brother vance and he's hearing a voice in his head you know that was the first thing that twitter blew up about as far as the lore people on twitter i think anon made the joke of brother vance is the next speaker he's which nicknamed, broke. he's nicknamed the speaker of the lighthouse i know it's just one of those things that makes you kind of cringe a tiny bit I, just found yes. it, I mean i like oh. i like how even vance calls out the irony of that like even he was like that's really cute like he can't stand the speaker almost it seems hmm. i hear the word speaker and immediately i went to uh saint 14 since he mm-hmm. would know based on the first uh sentence it was slash supposed to be a garden world Mm-hmm. that also isn't that the the actual voice line we get during the mission when we first go to mercury back in curse of osiris like there's that mission where it talks about the garden world and whatnot uh yes i think so i th- it's almost as if say. we're getting not only the history of that area i don't remember who's the one who's talking about it maybe sagira it was either, i think it was either sagira or Cora. it was a it was maybe. a female voice wasn't it I, it's been so long since I played that mission. I that's, I'm, I'm right there with you. Man, that and if it could be a call out to just the setting, a very strange call out to the setting. And I do think it's a little bit more than that, but yeah, it was like Cora Dino has the, corp. thank you Dino. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting to interesting to contemplate that now in the trials weapons, we get, an actual scene from a event of trials or from a, a game in the tournament through the eyes of a particular fire team. And blue, you mentioned this earlier, how the warlock, and we had talked about it a tiny bit earlier about how the warlock kind of stepped yeah, outside, stepped outside her bounds and mm-hmm. basically was doing a Nova bomb inside of another guardian. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Sola. Sola. I think it's, was it Scaff? I think is her last mm-hmm. name. Mm-hmm. She's she's a she's a special lady. Special, special is I think a little uh, nice. You know, like like for Jack what she R- is. Jack the Ripper was a special person. Sure, sure. <laughs> she was. That's that's Green's, what we're calling it. Green's like okay, if that's the definition. <laughs> if you guys have never read the Trials Weapon cards, I do think it's kind of a fun one. It's um, a good one, yeah. It's a fun series because it actually reads almost like a comic book. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, it's a lot more action based and a lot more akin to what I've seen when it comes to people who run trials who are not backpack gods that actually have to use teamwork and not just sacrifice their charges to I like how it I like how it like calls out some of the strategies that they use. Uh, cuz I think oh, it's yeah. was it uh Krimke is the sniper or whatever. Mm-hmm. He's the one who watches the flank, watches right. for the flank, and then like they they have like their own little callouts and you know all the stuff that's going on with uh, the guy is it Thunderclash? He gets he gets tightened and then like they're like oh I got to go cover for him you know well and it, it, I just like how there's like the um it's uh it's a humanizing a little bit to the guardians that are in the lore. I like that particular piece. I- do like how the Titan basically gets told when to thunder crash. <laughs> He's like running at this guy with a shotgun. And I don't 
Krimke or Sola that yells at him to actually thunder crash now. But it's like No, no, no. I see- think he was ye- no, no, no. I think it was the guy he was who yelling was yelling help. Yeah, he was yelling help because the th- the uh, Titan was thunder crashing him and he's like, uh, "Oh no, thunder crash thunder." He was like he was calling out and that's why uh, I think if I remember gotcha. I think it's I think it's Krimke. But he's like rolling his eyes because he's like, oh, I got to go help him. Because um, I think it was a warlock, wasn't it? And he had a fusion rifle or something? Yes. Some, somebody had a fusion rifle. I don't remember the class, but I, the I fusion just, rifle I, was charging yeah. up. I like your description of it, though. Like the like it's almost like a text graphic novel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yara. Yara is another one. And Sanji. Or Sod Sodhij Sod Sodji. Uh, I don't yeah. know how. I have those all on the. I put them all on the uh, the map of Guardians. So a fun thing about these is if you're reading these cards and you see certain, there's two different fire teams. These two different tar- fire teams are talking about the same instances within the match too, mm-hmm. because in the. Astral Horizon, you get it from the viewpoint of uh, Sad Sadhij. Yes, I am so terrible with Indian names. I think, he's the, one, I think he's the one that gets thunder crashed. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Let's see here. The Sadhij okay. felt the current surge through him and arc through the air, connecting. Oh no, to he his is the ti- I th- Okay, he, he is, is the, the thun- He is the Titan. As, okay. Mm-hmm. As his opponent's fusion rifle lets loose, Saji surrendered himself to the light. His muscles convulsed as he drove, as droves of arc energy pulsed through his nervous system. So, you get the same instances through two different fire yeah, it's teams' very, eyes. It's very, uh, very a la Kentark three, which I also He's... really enjoyed reading because of that. Because of that exact same uh, pattern, like the the uh, breaking up of the same event from. With the Kintark, that was from three different perspectives. Uh, from here, you actually, I think you actually end up getting five different perspectives. I don't think you have Kataki, uh, six. Yeah, do you get, do you get all six? I couldn't remember if yeah, you, you do. Okay, I couldn't remember if you got all six. Yeah, the, the Isle of Soul card that you were talking about with uh, what is his name, Keki or Katai's? Yeah, uh, Kataki, Kataki, and how it uh. Whoever the, the Titan is that's supposed to be helping him, just let him get hit with the Thundercrash before he tries <laughs> to mm-hmm. Sacrifice. I do like how each of the weapons, I think, that are being used in this card, this is something I'd have to go back and double check on, but I think each of the weapons are specific towards each of the people that are talking. Because the card... For Exile's Curse for the fusion rifle is also talking about the the uh, Titan that's thunder crashing and the charge that he's trying to charge up the fusion rifle, Katake's yeah, fusion rifle. Yeah. I want to. I I, I kind of got the feeling that if I remember right, I think that was accurate too because I think there 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 might be one that doesn't. I think because is there a snipe? There's a sniper, right? Snipers, Krimkeys. Okay, yeah. is that Krimke's? Okay, the that was the one that I couldn't... I like how we're calling him Krimke, even though that is a, ba- uh, a Big that's Bang a completely... Theory name, and not how it's spelled at all. It's like uh, that's, that's his accepted. Uh, yeah, that's his accepted nickname now. I know it's not like the first time I've Krimik. misnamed something. Krimik? Krimik Fives? He's an Exo. Yeah, Exo Hunter. <sighs> yeah. He's, his is the Sniper. The Titan... 
that was charging was Exile's Curse, which is the fusion. The I can't remember if it's Scholar or Summoner that is the is Solas. I uh, think it's Scholar. The, yeah, it's the Scholar. It's talk. It's got um Scola, and when she tried to uh, hurt that other guardian, when uh, Saint Fourteen stepped in, because I'm looking at the lore cards right now because I have them. Nice. Is tomorrow's answer as well? I don't. Yara's. Oh, yep. Yara's rocket launcher. That's kind of cool. How these are actually the weapons that of trials members being used to tell the story. I like it. I like how it's a little meta when they're talking about. Oh, this is all we get for a uh, heavy ammo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just a little bit. All right, blue. I am. I am thoroughly trialed out at the moment. Well, you want to do shout-outs? Lux, do you got any shout-outs for us this this week? Uh, not at the... Not, well, hmm. You guys go ahead while I can think of something real quick, please. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, shout-out to the various people on Twitter and uh, my Discord DMs who have reached out this last week for just kind of touching base with me. It's been a very stressful week this week for my family for um, some slightly personal reasons. And so my shout out goes to you guys for reaching out and checking on me and making sure things are going okay. So thank you for, uh, for being there. Sometimes, sometimes it's hard to pull yourself out of the dark without a little helping hand from a message like that. So thank you. I appreciate you guys. Lou? My shout out to this elite who is somehow managing to dodge. Oh my gosh, she actually boarded my warthog. It's pretty funny to watch. Not gonna lie, I'm 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 surprised. He kicked oh, man, you out this, of the war. That is this amazing. Dude, this dude, it, this dude gets a shout out because I that that was some that was some grade A dodging on his part. Um, but no, actually, a, a huge shout out to uh, Pins. Uh, he uh, sent me a care package. And I got a load of new uh, Halo pins, so um, a little uh, from Loot Crate. So a really nice. big shout out to him. Uh, I'm a I'm an adamant addictee of push the label or what are they? Soft enamel pins? I don't know what you call them, but enamel yeah. pins, lapels. I, I'm not allowed. I'm not allowed to buy them because if I did, I wouldn't have anything left because they're so fun. They're so fun. You wouldn't yes. have a surface that wasn't pierced with a pin. That is very true. So, but no. So yeah, uh, and also just a shout out for everyone who is just keep on keeping on keeping on this mm-hmm. on these these times. It's it's not easy for anyone, and mm-hmm. you know whether that whether you're whether you're needing support and getting it or you are helping others who need it. You know. It's appreciated. I think that mm-hmm. cannot be said enough. But yeah. uh, with that, Lux, did you, did hey, you well, get... Yeah, Lux, Lux's turn. Yeah, I would just like to say uh, a shout-out to Cobb One Art, who's been uh, really supportive of my streams lately. Nice. And uh, I want to give a, a shout-out to all the uh, essential workers that are going through all this yeah. stuff. Uh, I am unfortunately have to be one myself, so working out there and... Uh, Eh, being worried what I might bring home is uh, a little worrisome from time to time, but we got to stay out there and keep working. So, <laughs> yeah, just being cautious, being aware, being just being on top of things. That's going to be a huge protectant for anybody who is 
who's out there, who doesn't get a chance to necessarily stay home. I know that for some people who are staying home, that is also an incredibly stressful event based off of work and money and whatnot and not having money. But it's it's a stressful event all the way around, especially for those people who are still either in fast food or medical or working in the essential uh, manufacturing of things like that's that's not an easy gig i i don't envy you guys but i appreciate you guys mm-hmm. and my last shout out would go to uh hydra.gg it's been a, a great org that's been supporting me for a very long time and i would really appreciate it if you guys can go send them a follow on their twitch or on uh twitter at hydra.gg definitely and mm-hmm. as always just want to thank you for your time And remember, with Wisdom We Conquer, stand strong, stand tall, and keep exploring. With that, we'll begin to wrap the chat up. Thank you again to those over on Twitch for coming to spend your evening with us. If you'd like to join us for the live streaming of the episodes, please be sure to give us a follow over on twitch.tv slash focusedfirechat. Links to all our episode archives can be found at www.thelorenetwork.com. Please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any comments and or questions for the team concerning the podcast, and let us know how we're doing by giving us some feedback and a rating over on iTunes as well. So until next time, focus your fire and may your light shine bright.